A little boy's body was so great that the water overflowed its banks on all sides. And when Krishna started splashing around and swimming in the water, Kalya, being an envious sort, became extremely angry and envious. And he bit Krishna on the chest. And then he grabbed him in his coils and he held them there. And then bad omens were appearing everywhere in Vrindavan. So the elders got this idea that something must have happened to Krishna. And they all ran down to the Kaliya Ghat, where it was the Jamuna at that time. Now it's called Kaliya Ghat because of the pastime. <clears throat> they traced Krishna's footprints and they came down. They tried to go in the water to the cowherd men to save Krishna, but Balaram held them back in various ways. Some by speaking to him, others he held them back physically. And then Krishna, noticing that everyone had practically lost their lives by seeing him captured by this gigantic snake, broke free from the coils of Kaliya and began dancing on his hoods with such force, but grace at the same time, that he smashed out all the poison from Kaliya, who was trying to bite him. But Krishna was so dexterous, he would jump from one head to the next. And finally, Kaliya realized that he was fighting against the supreme power. He had fought with Garuda before, but this little boy was millions of times more powerful than Garuda. He could sense it. And being utterly defeated, he then surrendered himself. His wives were great devotees, and they had noticed the countenance of their husband change from being envious of Krishna to looking like a surrendered soul. And they came over to beg Krishna to spare him. They would have chastised their husband, but they noticed that he had now, at least in his mind and heart, surrendered to Krishna. And so they're begging for his life and also fully glorifying Krishna with very intricate, beautiful prayers. And so we're about a quarter of the way through the prayers of the Nagapatnis. And I'll repeat uh, text number 41 for context. They say, Obeisances unto you, who are time itself, the shelter of time and the witness of time in all its phases. You are the universe and also its separate observer. You are its creator and also the totality of all its, of all its causes. Purport, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, although appearing in different incarnations, can never be limited by time since he is time itself, the shelter of time and the witness of time and all its phases. So this is something Krishna mentions also to Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita, that he is the time factor. That's one of his incarnations. And the all-powerful time factor is <clears throat> moving everyone, and it doesn't matter who they are in the universe, the time factor is insurmountable. And this is one of Krishna's incarnations. 
It's his all-pervading aspect in the material world. Krishna tells Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita, Mrityusarva Harashchaham, I come as death and I take everyone away and I take away all their things. And this is what time does. Over time, gradually, all those things I think are mine, I get dragged unceremoniously taken away from me by the power of time. But for those who realize that Krishna is behind this, and ultimately that this is a benevolent force, and it's the, the hand of Krishna, it's destiny speaking to me through the powerful force of time. And if someone can <clears throat> be surrendered to Krishna, or someone who is surrendered to Krishna, will realize that actually... He's moving me for my own good. So the Nagapatnis continue, 42 and 43. Obeisances unto you who are the ultimate soul of the physical elements, of the subtle bases of perception, of the senses, of the vital air of life, end of the mind, intelligence and consciousness. By your arrangement, the infinitesimal spirit souls falsely identify with the three modes of material nature, and their perception of their own true self thus becomes clouded. We offer our obeisances unto you, the unlimited Supreme Lord, the supremely subtle one, the omniscient personality of Godhead, who are always fixed in unchanging transcendence, who sanction the opposing views of different philosophies, and who are the power upholding expressed ideas and the words that express them. Text number 44. We are offering our obeisances again and again to you, who are the basis of all authoritative evidence, who are the author and ultimate source of the revealed scriptures, and who have manifested yourself in those Vedic literatures, in encouraging sense gratification as well, as in those encouraging renunciation of the material world. Purport. If we did not have the powers of perception and cognition, evidence could not be transmitted. And if we had no tendency to believe in particular modes of evidence, persuasion could not take place. All of these processes, perception, cognition, persuasion, and transmission, take place through the various potencies of the Supreme Lord. The Supreme Lord Krishna is himself the greatest scholar and intellectual being. He manifests the transcendental scriptures within the hearts of great devotees like Brahma and Narada. And in addition, he incarnates as Veda Vyas, the compiler of all knowledge. In multifarious ways, the Lord generates a variety of religious scriptures which gradually bring the conditioned souls through the various phases of re-entry into the kingdom of God. So, in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, Sarvasya chaham vridhisandhivishto mataksmitir gyanam apohanam cha vedaishya sarver ahameva vedo vedanta kriddeva vedeva chaham Krishna is providing us with intelligence and if we so desire, he also gives us the ability to forget, especially to forget him. And he does so in ingenious ways. For instance, giving people various ideas, philosophical 
presentations that refute the very existence of God, whereas God's the one who's providing those. So it's a bit ironic. And if someone desires to know Krishna, then because all of these energies are Krishna's energies, the internal energy, the external energy, ultimately they're all one energy. They're Krishna's energies. And because he's the master of all these energies, for the sincere soul, Krishna says, I make all facility through these energies so that you can come to me, that you can know me and you can come to me. For instance, in the Bhagavad Gita, he says, Machita makata prana bodhayanta parasparam katayantashtamam nityam tushchanticha ramanticha and tesham satata yuktanam bhajatam pritipurvakam dadami yogam tam yenamam upayantite. He describes how the devotees who are sincere are always thinking about him, discussing him, and then he says, for such devotees who are engaged in trying to understand him through the process of bhakti, he says, I give the intelligence from within their hearts so that they can come to know me. So this is a question that comes up in the prayers by the personified Vedas in the 10th canto also. And they pose the question, actually, they want to know, and this is a question by Prikshit Maharaj, he wants to know from Shukadeva Goswami how it is that the living being in the material world who has material senses, after all, the ear is made out of matter, the tongue is made out of matter, sound vibration appears to be a material uh, uh, element, a subtle material element. How is it that one can know the transcendence through these material facilities? And the answer is given in this chapter of Prayers of Personified Vedas that because Krishna is the master of all these energies, he can transform them for the sincere soul who wants to reach him, and those energies then facilitate his understanding. And for those who want to forget and want to try to enjoy the material world, uh, Krishna gives facility through those energies. So one can start the process of devotional service by getting in touch with one's sincerity and expressing that to Krishna, especially while chanting his holy names. If when we chant Hare Krishna, we express our sincerity to Krishna and call out with the moon that Krishna, I would like to know you, I would like to serve you, please save me from this ocean of material nature. And then we say, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. This attitude, along with the chanting of the holy names, will be immediately effective. Text 45. We offer our obeisances to Lord Krishna and Lord Rama, the sons of Vasudeva, and to Lord Pradumna and Lord Aniruddha. We offer our respectful obeisances unto the master of all saintly devotees of Vishnu. Obeisances to you, O Lord, who manifest varieties of material and spiritual qualities. You disguise yourself with the material qualities, and yet the functioning of those same material qualities ultimately reveals your existence. You stand apart from the material qualities as a witness and can be fully known only by your devotees. 
purport the word guna conveys various meanings. The three basic qualities of material nature, goodness, passion, and ignorance. Excellent qualities one manifests because of piety and spiritual achievement. Or the internal senses, such as the mind and intelligence. The word pradipaya means unto him who manifests or illumines. Thus here the Nagaputnis are addressing the Supreme Lord as he who manifests all material and spiritual qualities and who causes living entities to be conscious. He who manifests all material and spiritual qualities and who causes the living entities to be conscious. One can see the Lord by going beyond the screen of material nature and therefore he is called gunatma chadanaya. One, if one methodically and intelligently studies the functioning of the material qualities, he will ultimately conclude that there is a supreme personality of Godhead and that he exists, exhibits his illusory potency to bewilder those who do not surrender unto him. The Lord is never affected by the modes of nature, being their witness, and thus he is called guna drashtre. The word swa indicates one's own. And thus, swa samvide means that Lord Krishna can be known only by his own people, the devotees, and also that ultimately only the Lord can know himself perfectly. Therefore, we should take Lord Krishna's instructions in Bhagavad Gita and immediately come to the right conclusion, full surrender to the Lord's lotus feet. Thus, we should humbly glorify the Lord following the examples of the Nagaputnis. Yes, let us follow the examples of the Nagaputnis. They're such first-class devotees, such exemplary devotees. And if we study these prayers by the Nagaputnis and imbibe their mood and even emulate them by repeating their prayers, we will definitely attain to the perfection of life and pure devotional service. There's very important points made here. Logically, if one approaches a superior the only way to get to know the superior is to submit to that person because a superior doesn't have to reveal him or herself to you. For instance, if you're going to get a, uh, a job somewhere and <clears throat> you're in a position of being subordinate because you're the one asking for something. Now, when you go, for instance, for your job interview, you can't uh, um, exhibit any kind of uh, condescension. Otherwise, they won't hire you. You have to be submissive and ask, what do you want me to do? <laughs> what kind of job can I do for you? Because you're in the inferior position and they're in the superior position. Therefore, you submit. And in every circumstance where the person who is inferior approaches a superior, the only way to get to know that person is to take a subordinate position and attitude. So similarly, when we approach Krishna, if we're submissive and we develop a service attitude, then Krishna will reveal himself. And this is what's mentioned in this verse. These are Krishna's own people, Swasambhade. 
means Krishna can be known only by his own people. Swa means his own. And who are they? They're the devotees. Uh, and only they can know, that, know Krishna because Krishna reveals himself being pleased with them for their service. Krishna also has a screen of material energy uh, in front of him for those who are not submissive. But for the devotees, depending on how surrendered they are, Krishna reveals himself. And as is mentioned in the Bhagavatam by Lord Brahma, Yane prayasam udapasya namanta eva, jivanti san mukaritam bhavadiyavartam, stane stita shrutigatam tanavan manobir, ye prayaso jitta jito pyasitais trilokyam. These are one of Brahma's unparalleled beautiful prayers from the Brahma Stuti, which is in the 10th canto, 14th chapter of the Bhagavatam. Extremely important uh, chapter for us to, to read, learn, memorize. And in this verse, Lord Brahma says, give up trying to understand God with your own intelligence. Rather, submit yourself. Submit yourself to those who are in knowledge of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And from whatever position you're in now, stani stitta shruti gatan tanuvan manobir, practice hearing the transcendental vibration from those who are advanced in devotional service. By that process, Brahma says, one will come to the position of being the lover of God, which actually makes God submissive. That God becomes submissive to those who are so surrendered to him that they render completely selfless service and they have no other desire whatsoever, then Krishna, he becomes conquered by their love and he reveals everything. So much so that it's mentioned by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that when the Supreme Personality of Godhead was trying to hide from the gopis, he then manifested his forearm form as Narayan. And when the gopis came looking, they saw Narayan, they offered their obeisances, and then they said, have you seen Krishna? And when Srimati Rani Rani was coming near this Narayan form, Krishna could hardly maintain that manifestation. He kept manifesting two arms in the form of Krishna instead, because he's overwhelmed by the loving sentiment of his devotees. So there are many ways in which it's described in the Chaitanya Charitamrita and throughout the Srimad Bhagavatam of Krishna's being submissive to the love of the devotees. So this is the means through which one can come to know Krishna, and that is by the submissive attitude. And there's no other way. That is the main process of bhakti. And when we're approaching the holy name of Krishna, which is Krishna himself in the Shikshashtakam. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, Nam nam akari bahuda nijasarva shaktis tatrarpita nimahitas mananayanakala etadrishi tava kripa bhagavan mamapi durdaiva midrishami hajini nanuragaha. That it is uh, unfortunate that I, I'm not able to take advantage of the holy name. I'm durdaivam, I'm unfortunate. Because 
Krishna has manifested himself fully and all his personal energies are available to me. My relationship with him is fully available by chanting his holy names. But why can't I do it? I'm so unfortunate. So then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gives the solution. He said, become very, very, very humble, just like the grass. Consider yourself lower than the straw in the street. Be as submissive as a tree, as serving as a tree. Be ready to give all respects to others and don't expect any respect in return. If you can cultivate that, then Mahaprabhu says, Kirtaniya Sada Hari, you'll, you'll be able to chant Hare Krishna. You'll have that power. You'll be able to go on chanting without stopping, which means that you'll have communion with Krishna. And it's based on this attitude of submission. So when we submit ourselves, we actually come to the perfection of life. We have to submit ourselves because we're so tiny. But if we bullheadedly, doggedly, submit ourselves only to the material nature, we'll simply be punished. However, if we direct our submission to Krishna and Krishna's representatives, the, the Vaishnavas, then we're aligned properly and we'll feel it. Yes, communion with Krishna <laughs> through the holy names. The Lord is never affected by the modes of nature being their witness, and thus he is called Guna Drashte. So this is... Uh, an important aspect of understanding our position and Krishna's position. We can easily be overcome by the material nature. We can't overcome it without Krishna's help. Therefore, Krishna says, Daiva guna mai mama maya duratyaya mameva ye prapadyante maya metam tarantite. This material nature is duratyaya. It's very difficult. You can't hear anything, Vidyasundar? Come on. Can anybody else here on Facebook? Could you write in and say if you can hear or not? Because Vidya Sundar just said there's no audio. Please confirm. Kamala, you can hear, right? Radha Kripa, you're saying yes, there is audio. or yes, It is there. It is there. Audio is there. It's there. Somebody couldn't hear because maybe they had their machine turned off. So, Chris. Krishna is never, never subjected to the three modes of material nature. When he comes, thank you, when he comes to the material world, he's not subject to the three modes of material nature. He's above them. Whereas living entities can easily be overcome by the modes of material nature. Thank you, Javi Prabhu. Thank you, Kamala. Knowing this is very important. In the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, one who knows that I'm not subjected to the three modes of material nature, that person who understands that my activities, my leela is divine, and that my appearance in the world is not uh, because I'm subjected to the three modes of material nature, such a person who knows this, him or herself, does not have to stay in the material world. That's such a profound statement that Krishna makes. Therefore, the cultivation of knowledge of the ways in which Krishna is transcendent, the way in which his leelas, his name, his paraphernalia is all above the three modes of material nature, 
in association with Vaishnavas who have taken shelter of Krishna and understanding their position as being liberated. Rupa Goswami writes, okay, good, Vindya, thank you, I'm just glad you can hear. Um, this um, means that a devotee who's always thinking of Krishna, always engaged in devotional service, even while in this world, even while in this material body, becomes a soul liberated even in the present material body. Iha means in this world. Iha yasya harir dasye karmana manasagira. And how does a person become transcendental to the body and to the material nature? By engaging his or her words, mind, and activities in the service of Krishna. And because Krishna is transcendental and we engage in his service, we also become transcendental even while living in the material world in an apparently material body. The last part of the purport, therefore we should take Lord Krishna's instructions in Bhagavad Gita and immediately come to the right conclusion. Full surrender to the Lord's lotus feet. Thus we should humbly glorify the Lord following the example of the Nagapatnis. Text 47. And after the next, um, after text 48, I'm going to take a few reflections. <clears throat> o Lord Hrishikesh, master of the senses, please let us offer our obeisances unto you, whose pastimes are inconceivably glorious. Your existence can be inferred from the necessity for a creator and revealer of all cosmic manifestations. But although your devotees can understand you in this way, to the non-devotees you remain silent, absorbed in self-satisfaction. there's an important logic here. And that is that we notice that for every urge or desire that we have in this world, there's a counterpart. For instance, when there's thirst, there's the counterpart water. So we can quench our thirst. There's hunger. Uh, therefore there's food. And similarly, here we see your existence can be inferred but from the necessity for a creator and revealer of all cosmic manifestations. When we have the urge to know our origin, then naturally there's an answer to that question. And there's a way that we can come to know our original creator. So one should be encouraged by the information given in the in the Vedas that you're on the right track when you're asking the big questions. Where did I come from and what's the purpose of life? Obeisances unto you who know the destination of all things, superior and inferior, and who are the presiding regulator of all that be. You're distinct from the universal creation, and yet you are the basis upon which the illusion of material creation evolves, and also the witness of this illusion. Indeed, you are the root cause of the entire world. Purport, the words para and avara indicate superior subtle elements and inferior gross ones. The words also indicate superior personalities, 
devotees of the Lord, and inferior personalities who are unaware of the glories of the Lord. Lord Krishna knows the destiny of all superior and inferior entities, animate and inanimate, and as the supreme absolute truth, he remains in his unique position above everything, as indicated by the word sravadyakshaya. And in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, Krishna mentions there are two kinds of living entities in this world, shara and akshara. The fallible and the infallible. Uh, actually, the infallible are in the spiritual world and the fallible are in the material world. And he says, I'm beyond the fallible and in the infallible. This comes in the 15th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. I'll just refresh our memories and mine specifically. Uh, this verse is uh, verse number 1516, and Krishna says, Dwav imau purushau loke. So this is the dual case. He's using the ow, ow, ow. Dwav means two, imau, these two. Uh, purushau, living entities. That means purushau means two kinds of living entities. Loke. Loke means in this, in this world, or in the world. Shara means fallible, cha, and akshara, infallible. Shara, sarvani bhutani kutastha, sharam akshara uchite. There are two classes of beings, the fallible and the infallible. In the material world, every living entity is fallible. And in the spiritual world, every living entity is infallible. And in the next verse, Krishna says, besides these two, there's the greatest living personality, the Supreme Soul, the imperishable Lord himself, who has entered the three worlds and is maintaining them. So this is the basis of knowledge, is to know the fallible living entities and the infallible living entities, those who are in the material body and illusioned by material nature are fallible. Those who are liberated souls are infallible. But beyond the fallible and the infallible is the supreme personality of Godhead who is above them all. He's the source of all of them. So there are inferior and superior natures. The Mayavadis consider that everything's one. They don't make distinctions as uh, the Vaishnavas do. Uh, the Vaishnavas understand that Krishna, or God, is Advaya Gyan Tattva. He's one absolute truth. However, Vedanti Tattva Vidas Tattvam Yaj Gyanam Advayam Brahmeti Paramatmeti Bhagavaniti Shabjate. Although there's one absolute truth, everything is uh, consumed in the absolute truth. Everything comes from the absolute truth. There's nothing but the absolute truth, ultimately, but there are divisions within the absolute truth. Vedanti tattva vidas tattvam yajjnam advayam brahmeti paramatmeti bhagavaniti shabdite. The three divisions are brahman, or the impersonal aspect of the Lord, paramatma, the localized feature of the Lord who resides within the heart of every living entity, and bhagavan, the supreme personality of Godhead. But what's more, the Padma Purana, or the Vishnu Purana, describes how there are various uh, energies of the Lord, if a superior and inferior. 
So Vishnu Shakti Para Prokta, Shetra Gyakya Tatapara, Avidya Karma Samgyangya, Tritaya Shakti Uchate. The three energies of the Lord are called the internal energy, that's the spiritual world, the external energy, that's the material world, and then the marginal energy, that's the living entities who can be in either one of those material or the superior spiritual energy. So knowing that there are superior and inferior energies, the devotees associate themselves with the superior energy, especially through the transcendental sound vibration that comes from the superior energy, because it's non-different. There's no difference between Krishna and his name. We find this in the teachings of Narada Muni in the Srimad Bhagavatam, where he describes that the form of the Lord and his name are non-different, and that you can know the, and see the form of the Lord completely, and know his qualities completely, and have a relationship with him completely through the holy name. And he says, Amurtikam. Uh, Amurtikam means without difficulty you can know by chanting the holy names. So this is an important distinction that Krishna makes, that there are inferior energies, superior energies, and then the living entity who can reside within either of them. And bhakti means to make a, a conscious choice to associate with Krishna and his superior energies. So now we'll take a few uh, reflections or questions, either from Zoom. You can unmute yourself and uh, give us your reflection or question. Or if you're joining us on Facebook, please just type in your question or your observation and I'll read it to everybody. Let's see who, who is able to do it first, Facebook or Zoom. Yes, Mukharavinda Prabhu. Thank you so much. Um, this, um, the point I really like was when you uh, mentioned the Sikshashtakam verse when, um, when Mahaprabhu quotes that I, I don't have any taste for chanting and the solution is the next verse that uh, we have to become more humbler than blade of grass and tolerance than a tree and not, res not expecting any respect for oneself and giving all respect to others. So that is a solution and, and that is the solution. <laughs> Yeah. To, uh, so that we can change. Thank you so much for bringing that to the point. So did you try it? Yes, I'm, 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 I put in my one of the most, most to-do things to do. <laughs> you tried it out? Okay. <laughs> That's good. So, you know, taking that to heart, actually Kaviraj Goswami says, wear it around your neck as a necklace. It means we should always be aware of that, that this is the key is submission and taking a humble attitude. There's a lot to say about that because then people inevitably then think, well, then I'll just be a doormat and I won't get anything done in this world and uh, I'll, be, um, I'll be taken as somebody with lack of self-esteem. And it doesn't mean that either. But it means being submissive to Krishna's order and to maintaining your service to him and also being very respectful of his energies and especially of his devotees and being very careful about how, how we move about this world. Okay, thank you very much. And now we have from Havi Prabhu. 
the inimitable Havi. And here it is, he says, in one of the verses, the Nagapatnis say that for those indifferent to Krishna, he remains silent in self-satisfaction. I was thinking that this not only shows his respect for the living entity's freedom, but also he displays his swarat condition. He is independent. We as living entities always depend um, by the attention of love for others. Uh, such a nice point, Havi Prabhu. Yeah, that um, Krishna says in the Gita, Samaham Sabhabhuteshu Nami Dveshostinapriya Yebhajanti Tumam Bhakta Mai Teteshu Chapyaham For those um, living entities, where he says in general, I'm, I'm equal to everyone. Samaham, Samo means equal. Samaham, Samaham, Sarvabhuteshu, I'm equal to all living entities. Nami Dvesho Stinapriya, and I don't envy anyone. Uh, so this is uh, Krishna's promise in the Bhagavad Gita, Yeyatamam Prapadyante, as one surrenders to me, uh, I reward him or her accordingly. However, Yebhajanti Tumam Bhaktya, if somebody becomes surrendered to me, then they live in me and I live in them. It becomes a very intimate connection for those, those who surrender. And I like what you said, Havi Prabhu, about how he respects the independence of the living entity. If they don't want to do that, he remains silent and allows them to go on. However, as Prabhupada points out in the Bhagavad Gita, the devotees, the Vaishnavas, they don't remain silent. And they speak up. They tell people, no, surrender to Krishna. <laughs> Take a look at this. <laughs> Your life is being non-productive because you forgot Krishna and so forth. So they become his representatives, even though they know Krishna's position, but they know his intention. And that is, he, they, he wants the living entities to awaken and come back to him. Thank you very much. And then um, Morgan, and if you have a devotee name, sorry. Uh, Prabhu, could you please explain further as to how Krishna is superior even to the infallible. Well, I'll give you an example, and that is that in the pastime of Lord Brahma stealing away Krishna's calves and boyfriends, everyone was bewildered. I mean, Brahma is so powerful, and he is uh, <clears throat> practically, you know, the most powerful living entity in the in the material nature he's able to create the whole universe and so forth and he was bewildered he couldn't figure out how it was that there were identical boys and calves until krishna showed him later on but you know who else couldn't understand balaram balaram is the supreme personality of godhead in all uh, ways except for he's a different color than krishna and he also has a different sentiment he has a sentiment of service towards Krishna, but he's just as powerful. He's his first expansion. However, in this pastime, we find that even Balaram could not understand what was going on in Vrindavan. When he saw that the residents of Vrindavan had 10 times more affection for their children than they had before, and that even the, the cows had more affection for their calves even after the calves had been weaned off their mother's milk, uh, the cows uncharacteristically ran after the calves and practically gobbled them up. As, and so did the cowherd men to their cowherd boys. They were so overwhelmed with affection spontaneously 
And Balaram was watching all this in Vrindavan. It was going on for a year. And he thought, what is this? He thought maybe there's some powerful Rakshasi who's casting a spell on Vrindavan. And he thought he was considering all this. And then Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur reveals that Krishna then removed the curtain of Yoga Maya so Balaram could see. And uh, the Acharyas there make this point that this shows Krishna's superior position. Everyone, even the first expansion of Krishna, uh, if Krishna doesn't want him to understand, he doesn't. He, he is the master of everyone. Yogeshwara, Yogeshwara. The supreme yogi of all uh, mystic yogis and all powerful personalities. So every, every living entity emanates uh, from Krishna. So he's superior even to the infallible. But if you want to have it in an esoteric way, I said it earlier, how the, the fallible uh, living entity, when that living entity surrenders to Krishna, the, the Brahma said, jita jito pyasi trais trilokyam, that living entity actually begins to control Krishna because Krishna is controlled by the love of his devotees. So this is Vaishnavism. The devotee becomes more powerful than even the all-powerful. I hope that helps. And then, uh, is that Sukeshri? says, uh, I was thinking, sorry if I'm putting my finger in anyone's eye here by trying to open this, but it's not opening. I was thinking how fortunate is Kalia. He had wives who were devotees. That gives a big relief. All the family members of devotees will be protected by him. Yes, it is very fortunate. If somebody has a, a devotee wife, then uh, that person and, or is uh, given protection in all ways. And, and it's a great impetus to make advancement in devotional service. Um, Hare Krishna, I really liked your reference to the time and how it will eventually take away everything. Needed that. Reminder today, as we all scramble to stock up after the schools closed down, Manjula Kanta. <laughs> we, we have an opportunity right now in the context of the world situation to uh, be methodical, do what you have to do, but at the same time, remember that we're dependent on Krishna's uh, arrangement. And he, I noticed this morning when I was out doing japa in the garden, and that um, Krishna was taking care of the finches. They're such nice little birds, I guess. I mean, I haven't met them personally, but I watched them flying around. And they are um, being supplied. They're there are many flowers in bloom right now, and they're putting out seeds. Uh, they're popping out onto the ground. And I saw these little finches just feasting on the ground. And I was thinking, they're not going down to home, uh, whatever that's called, uh, Costco. <laughs> they're not going to Costco, loading up on toilet paper and uh, whatever else you got to have during one of these uh, shutdowns. You know, they were just flying around. They live, in, they live in a little yard. They picked up some sticks and made a, a house. And Krishna's supplying for them. So, of course, there's an artificial standard of living in, in the society we have now. And there can be 
some dire consequences for people who get caught uh, off guard in that system. Nonetheless, uh, every, Krishna is maintaining every living entity in the universe. Namrata, thank you. Hare Krishna, how do we develop a service attitude if we don't already have it? Well, one way is to uh, get around people who already have a service attitude. It's infectious. When you see uh, devotees who are humble, it makes us want to become humble. And when we watch devotees enjoying life because they have a, a service attitude, it's natural for us to think, well, I want to enjoy too. I don't want to, I don't want to be envious. I want to be like them. And then when we start to emulate devotees, that's when we start to make advancement in devotional service. That's the sum and substance of the process. It's a good question. And let's see. Uh, what struck me is how tolerant the Nagaputnis were. They're such exalted devotees. Yet, I hope I'm not putting my finger in anybody's eye. Okay. What struck me is how tolerant the Nagaputnis were. They are such exalted devotees, yet even though their husband was not a devotee, the wives showed exemplary tolerance and were dutifully executing their duties as wives. They showed that devotional service can be executed in the most, executed in the most trying situations. I think Srila Prabhupada also glorified his sister, Pishima, not sure of the name, uh, who was very wonderfully serving her husband, uh, though the husband was not a devotee. Yes, Prabhupada did give that example, and her name was Pishima, that um, she was able to turn him around. Of course, there are some circumstances where that's not possible, and Prabhupada mentions that in a purport, that it's if somebody becomes um, unfortunately married to somebody who's really bad and dragging you down and not doing their duty at all, then um, ultimately it, it's, um, and there is an out. Uh, but these points are extremely important that by the attitude of the Naga, Nagapatnis, they were able to actually influence the um, demoniac attitude of, of Kali, and this happens as well with the wives of the Brahmanas. In the, the story of the wives of the Brahmanas, the Brahmanas were performing this big sacrifice, and the wives of the Brahmanas were assisting them, as they always did, in, especially in cooking. And at that time, Krishna and his friends were going through the forest, and Krishna's friends said to Krishna, Krishna, we're hungry. Uh, please uh, arrange something. Actually, they wanted to uh, please Krishna, and they used this excuse that we're hungry because they wanted to see Krishna satisfied. And then Krishna told them, go to the brahmanas nearby who are performing a sacrifice and ask them for some charity now. And tell in the name of Balaram, because if you tell my name, I'm a Vaisha, but Balaram is a Kshatriya, they may respect Balaram a little more because they're very attached to the Varnashrama. So the boys went in, they offered obeisances to these brahmanas who were getting ready for the sacrifice, and they said, oh, earthly gods, <laughs> please, uh, Krishna and Balaram, they, they mentioned Krishna's name, uh, are in the forest and they're hungry. Could you please give us some food? And those brahmanas ignored the cowherd boys completely, who came back to Krishna uh, seemingly morose, for having been ignored, and Krishna gave them a little coaching. He said, when you go to beg, don't expect anything. <laughs> he said, now go to the wives of the brahmanas and tell them that we're here. 
And when they did that, they went and offered, did the coward boys, their obeisances to the wives of the Brahmanas. And half the sentence came out of their mouth that Krishna is in the forest nearby, he's hungry, and they didn't finish everything else. Before they could finish the statement, the women dropped everything else they were doing, ignored their duty for the sacrifice, grabbed all the pots of food, and went dashing towards the forest where Krishna and Balaram were to feed them. And there they met Krishna. And when they came back on Krishna's request, there's a way in which um, their husbands were transformed by seeing the unusual pure devotion of their wives. And then they lamented their own non-participation in devotional service and how they had become puffed up by performing ritualistic sacrifices and forgetting the real purpose of those sacrifices. And then we see that um, Shukadeva Goswami glorifies the wives of the Brahmanas for their spontaneous pure devotion. By the way, the reason that they had developed such devotion was because they used to go do the shopping. And the residents of Vraj, some of them were uh, fruit vendors and vegetable vendors in the marketplace, little weekend market there. And when these uh, wives of the Brahmas would go there to purchase things for the sacrifices, they would hear the talk of these uh, people from the village who were selling vegetables and fruit. And they would talk to them and ask them questions. And what were they talking about? Krishna, their life and soul. Just by that little association, incidental association, they caught the bug. And they became uh, infected with this love for Krishna. So they uh, developed it by association. So much so that when they just heard Krishna was nearby, they were not fearful at all even though it was very dangerous to go see Krishna in the forest because of Kamsa. He was on the lookout for anyone who was cooperating with Krishna. It was a very scary time, actually. So... Maharaj, I have a... Yes. Pranam. Please. Thank you so much, Maharaj, for reading this continuously. Um, I have a question in this context regarding the Nagpatnis. Um, so are they also in the body of a serpent? Or are they... The Nagpatnis? Because yesterday you read that they were saying about their husband, they were saying that because he's sinful, so he has got a body of a serpent. But from their prayers today, they seem to be, the wife seemed to be so exalted. Yeah, there's a picture somewhere. If someone could look it up um, on images and find a, a bona fide ISKCON painting, uh, you can see what they look like from there. Can somebody do that and get back to us? Rasa Prada Prabhu says, if we depend on Krishna's mercy, why should we worry about what's going on with this virus situation and the solutions of it? Well, um, the, the, uh, the material world is complicated. There's, uh, there are um, car accidents. So when you get in the car, we do recommend that you wear a safety belt. And not that you say, well, Krishna is protecting everybody, um, therefore I won't wear a safety belt. We can understand from statistics that <laughs> if you wear a safety belt, you don't get killed as often. Uh, and so it's actually a responsibility to take care of your body to the best of your ability because the body's in the material world. So when I get in a car, 
I put on my safety belt before I start rolling because I know that that's dutiful. Now, will the safety belt definitely save me? Not necessarily, because as the Shastra says, thank you for the GIF. Raki Krishna Marike, Mari Krishna Raki K. If Krishna wants to kill you, then no one will save you. And if, and if Krishna wants to save you, nobody can kill you. However, and I mentioned this last night, uh, although Prahlad Maharaj says, Balasyane hasharanam pitarao nishringha nartasya chagana mudhanvati majato now, taptasya tat pratividira yari hanjasheshtas tavad vibo tanubritang parupechitanam. He says, a boat on water can't save a drowning man. Parents can't save their, their, um, their children when they're sick. The, the medicine uh, won't work. And the, um, yeah, the, a parents can't save the children. A doctor can't save a, a sick patient unless Krishna um, authorizes it, and, unless, unless the mercy of Krishna is there. That's why when you take medicine in Ayurveda, you're supposed to say, my dear Lord Vishnu, I hope this has potency. <laughs> However, Prabhupada points out in the purport that um, you should still do your due diligence to take care of yourself to the best of your ability. That's why I mentioned be uh, methodical, do whatever you have to do, but at the same time, you should depend on Krishna. So during the virus, uh, wash your hands because the soap and water, it actually... Uh, breaks open the shell of the of the virus and it makes it ineffectual so that when you touch your nose or your your mouth the virus doesn't hop in there and start making it his home and multiplying and stuff like that so you have to be smart so these are our two duties we have to actually take care of ourselves to the best of our ability but we have to maintain this understanding that actually ultimately it's uh, by krishna's sanction that it can work so we needn't be in anxiety. We have to do the best we can do with what we have and realize that it's uh, the rest is up to Krishna. And then there's, there's not so much anxiety. Well, uh, it's 7.57, and I'm going to stop at 8 o'clock tonight so that everyone can uh, take rest and get enough sleep. Today, um, on another network, we launched our 21-day uh, spiritual fitness challenge, and part of it was going to bed early and getting up early enough to have a, a decent practice before the sun comes up. And um, we'll also be on the um, Fan the Spark Network in uh, very soon, in the next uh, 24 hours, we'll also be putting out a 21-day challenge that is more for devotees. The one we put out there uh, this afternoon was more for people in the corporate world, and it's a little bit toned down to give them an opportunity to, to put their toe in the water and get started. So you can look for that. It'll um, be appearing on uh, Fan the Spark. Does anybody have a, um, a last comment they'd like to make? Hey, Krishna Guru Maharaj. Yes. Good youngie. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. So I, uh, you mentioned uh, the point that Krishna is a time and, you know, behind uh, Krishna is behind the time and basically everything it's his plan and it, it just seems I know for me it seems like very um, 
well time it's 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 a huge thing it's kind of a little bit even impersonal it is to me but then you said that uh we have to approach krishna with submissive attitude and in this way um you basically can buy krishna with your love and it just means that behind behind all this time krishna and he he is a really kind person and he's loving person it's just good to know that behind it, it just so many things are going on and it's good to know that um krishna is in charge and he's actually kind <laughs> and he knows what he's doing and yeah. we just have to trust yes just wanted to share <laughs> yes very very true Divyangi, and nicely put and um Sometimes it's not easy to see. From my perspective, it's very difficult to see what's going on. My perspective is extremely limited, so I can't see how things are carrying through. I don't know what I did in my last life or in a hundred lifetimes ago. And I don't know the ways in which Krishna is helping me to diminish my karma. Karmani nirdahati kintu chabhakti bhajan. This is stated by Brahma. He says, for the devotees, Krishna is... is um, demolishing their karma and this is the the understanding of the devotees because it's true it's true that for the devotees Krishna is helping purify them and taking away their karma so when anything happens to the devotee the devotee is aware of the fact that I'm just burning out my last vestiges of attachment and karma in the material world and Krishna is giving me a token he's perfectly administering these kinds of arrangements um, so that I can come to the right uh, mentality and uh, be unburdened from everything. But uh, from our perspective, sometimes it's very hard to see. So your reminder about how Krishna is uh, a kind friend to every living entity, and especially to those who are on the devotional path, and therefore we should interpret what happens to us as uh, Krishna's uh, loving kindness Unfortunately, there's a way in which I get so attached to my uh, plan and my situation in the material world that when there's a little change, uh, I become disturbed. So there's a, a trick te Krishna teaches us in the Bhagavad Gita where he says, uh, become uh, equal and loss and gain, victory, defeat. Don't worry about the way the world changes. There's hot, there's cold, there's, um, uh, there are windfalls that you get in your life, and then another time your, your wealth gets dried up for no reason or for a reason that you can't see. And these things come and go, but uh, don't become disturbed by those movements. You have to have a system that holds you uh, in place no matter whether it's up or down. Just like investors, they know that they have to have a philosophy and a system when they're investing because market's going to go up, market's going to go down, and they just stay with the same system. And then they don't uh, freak out. And in the same way, those who are aware that the material world is Krishna's energy, Krishna's moving it, and Krishna's aware of what my situation is, the devotee goes on with the the system and that system is called bhakti it means i'm going to just depend on krishna and again uh, back to rasaprada prabhu's question uh, just depending on krishna doesn't mean we neglect our worldly duties and don't wear a safety belt or don't take medicine when it's available or don't wash our hands just because uh well krishna will protect me 
No. When, when Devaki was threatened by Kamsa, then Vasudev jumped in. He said, I'm going to save my wife. I'll do whatever I have to do. He didn't say, well, Krishna, <laughs> you know, he'll just protect me. Um, Prabhupada mentions, Krishna told Arjuna about fighting on the battlefield of Kurukshetra. And then Prabhupada said, Krishna didn't say, Arjuna, you sit down on the chariot and smoke ganja and I'll fight the war. Now, the devotee does that. He, he serves Krishna by doing the fighting. So we, we do have to maintain ourselves. And that's actually explicitly stated in that section of, of Vasudev saving Devaki, and that is it's the duty of every living entity to try to maintain the body as long as possible because it's our vehicle for doing devotional service. At the same time, we have to maintain this understanding that it's up to Krishna, and whatever hap is happening to me is Krishna's mercy. So we've come out of uh, our time, and I actually breezed past 8 o'clock. It's 8.03. So I thank everybody for uh, joining in for the Krishna Kata. And um, keep the vibration going wherever you are and make sure that you're um, taking care of yourselves. And um, the, uh, the news changes um, from day to day. So don't take too much of it because it's not um, necessary to, to drink it in all day long. Uh, better to drink in a larger proportion of Krishna Kirtan chanting. And uh, if you need to, for your safety, check in on, on what the movements are going on. And then um, you'll, you'll have a perspective which is much more useful than checking in every few seconds with people who are sensationalizing everything. Although this is pretty sensational, you got to admit. Okay, so thank you very much, everybody. And uh, if you could unmute yourselves, wherever you are, now's the chance to make a little noise. If you're on Facebook, please write in Hare Krishna. You're welcome, Rasa Prada Prabhu, good to see you. You're Hi. welcome, Namrata. Thank you for joining all the way from Australia. And uh, please unmute yourself and everyone say Hare Krishna. And you Hare, Hare, Krishna. Hare 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 Krishna. For joining and keep telling everyone Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Hare Bo. See you all again soon. Not to the Not to the Not to the Not to the